Welcome to Street Fight Radio, the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. I am your host, Brian. Brett is still on assignment, but it is Drew Week. I brought in Drew Spears, co-writer of our TV show. What's up, Drew? Not a whole lot, man. Uh, I, uh, I'm i in my home. Uh, we've been running a humidifier for the last uh, week and uh, change. My fiance had her tonsils out and it dries up the throat. So I have a very heavy duty humidifier, like a five gallon one that I've just been blasting. And it, I, I spend a lot of time in South Florida. So actually it really feels like I'm in like Fort Lauderdale right now. Like light is refracting off of the steam in here. So, you know, ideal uh, streaming conditions. So if I'm sweating or if I'm doing this uh, and for listeners doing this is me waving my hand like I have a fan in it. Uh, that's just because I'm very, very warm right now. Drew, um, you can you can move back a little bit, by the okay, way. Jason cool, moved cool. you into the camera. Oh, nice. But, nice. Um, and you but can here's still hear you good. I can hear you great. Perfect. Here's the thing, Drew. Uh, uh, oh, somebody asked this. Brett is basically at hedonism too. I will <laughs> answer that question from the chat. That's basically where he's at. He will be here Sunday night. Uh, then I'm going to take off. No, I'm kidding. I'll be there Sunday night too. Um, but uh, Drew, you should just move to back to... Uh, you lived in Ohio for a period of time, right? No, my... All of our family is based in Ohio, but I, I never lived there. Uh, I spent uh, a ton of time in uh, Hillsboro and Finley and Dayton. Uh, so, you know, I've been in and out of Columbus, too. So, uh, you know, I've been wanting to come up for one of the Columbus live shows because uh, I can take all of my extended family to the live show and completely <laughs> alienate them. <laughs> well, I was just going to say you can get humidity for free here in Ohio. It is incredible the amount of humidity you can get. Is it sweltering right now? No, it's beautiful right now. I actually would love to complain about the weather here, but it is uh right now outside it is 67 degrees Shit. at night and it was 78 today. So, uh very rare for this city, but uh, for this state, but uh, the weather is very comfortable. So I'm very happy about that. But um, yeah, so Drew uh, is one of the four writers. We did. We wrote this fucking TV show with four writers. Okay. Yeah. Four people. And uh, I think it's really good. And also... Uh, we had Simone on last week, so I thought yeah. I would. That's that's what I was like. Well, we had Simone on. We have to give Drew equal time. Thank and then, you so much, and I appreciate it because if I'm not mistaken, Simone was nominated for an Emmy or was involved in an Emmy thing recently for uh, something she just worked on. So I, I it feels good to be peers with Simone. Uh, you know, writing on Street Fight uh, TV show, uh, probably my favorite writing job I've had, just because. <laughs> Um, you all, it, it's just nice to work in an environment that doesn't have, I don't want to say the stink of like a writer's room, but you know, there's a certain process by things that like traditional TV or streaming does. And it's very nice just to be like, well, 
if all of our friends like it, it's funny. It's in. It's, it's just like not this sort of preciousness. Um, I think that's a, a good way to make things is not by, you know, pitching things around to like 13 people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, that was like, it sounds like a nightmare to write on a big fool writing staff, I guess, like a 13 person or whatever writing staff. Uh, it would have been nice maybe to have a few more people just to make it easy, but we wrote way more than we needed. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of good stuff that we never shot, or maybe if you guys get down to L.A., we'll we'll do. We were just talking about that uh, because you guys, you guys are about ready to get back on the road. I know September 16th in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Street Fight Live for the first time. Well, okay. Now that is kind of fucked up because we're trying to book something here before that happens. First road uh, gig, not not home. Like you guys are going away. Yeah, we might do one here and maybe in another part of Ohio before. But yeah, Pittsburgh, here's what I'm going to say. Pittsburgh is going to be the official first Street Fight Live show. Anything that happens before that is unofficial and doesn't count. So that's all set up now. Um, I have one more live thing to plug. It's not ours, uh, but Brett sent me this today, right before we recorded. Our friend Lermworm and an obelisk, two people that do really good art for us, and they do a lot of art, um, are doing a thing in Providence, Rhode Island called Providence Art Revolt, Saturday, July 24, 3 p.m. to midnight at Revival Brewery at 50 Sims Avenue. It's an outdoor exhibition of art and music. And uh, you can see some of our uh, people that do some of the art for us there. So, and uh, they have food vendors, cold beer, uh, more food, it says, uh, zero tolerance policy for harassment. So that's nice. And uh, so that's the. Uh, that's the art gallery thing. So go to that if you're in Providence. And have you, you ever know, been to Rhode Island, uh, Brian? We we had a date booked but didn't make it. But we're going to honor that date at some point. So we. I hear will. it's super cool. I hear every everyone I know from there is like really uh, chill and fun. So I'm sure doubly true for uh, the show. And I mean the the street art. Uh, the street fight art is great. So everyone should definitely go check that out. They should. So, uh, what are we doing here tonight? We got some news. I think I need to do this first because number one, I had meant to do this story, um, back on Sunday, not the full story, not like a full read of a fucking story because like I am, uh, uh, you know, it's the call in show. It's not something we really do on there. But uh, it is still going on. So it's important, I think, that we hit this right off the bat. And it's uh, this is a Jacobin article. Jacobin, whatever. I'm not. You know what? If you make fun of me for saying Jacobin, that's just you looking like a fool. Hey, everyone because should just I, be happy that we're reading it. <laughs> well, I got this piece from Alex Press, who is... A wonderful friend of ours will probably be at the Pittsburgh live show. Just a great person. Yeah, Love hanging rider. out with them. Shout out to Alex. Yeah. So uh, here we go. 
At the Frito-Lay production plant in Topeka, Kansas, workers are subjected to something called suicide shifts in which they come in for eight hours, are forced to work four more hours, and then are called in four hours early, leaving them only eight hours off between shifts. This is how the company forces overtime to the point that many of those workers say they work 12 hours a day, seven days a week, with some not having had a full day off in five and with without having a day off in five months, weekends included. Drew, I want to ask this first. How bad do Fritos have to be made? <laughs> yeah, I, it's such what I mean, first of all, most popular, one of the most popular food brands in the world, they can they can give people time off. They can bring in more people. They can pay them more. If there's any company that's in good standing to treat their workers' rights, it is Fritos, Lay's, PepsiCo, all those brands. And I, I got to say, you know, the workers have called a, uh, you know, uh, a boycott of Frito-Lay products. And I got to admit, this is the hard one. This is like, like, it's like, oh, shit, I can't buy chips anymore. And I'm doing it. Like I've had to stop myself a couple of times because this isn't like, okay. Cause in LA, the fancy ass, uh, hotel Chateau Marmont has a picket line out of it. And they're asking people not to go, which is a fairly big deal because, you know, it's a fancy place, you know, things like that, but I wasn't going to go anyway. So it's very easy for me to be like, Oh yeah, yeah I won't go. To, oh, darn. I guess I'm not going to spend a thousand dollars, but like Fritos, you know, I'm at the gas station. I'm at, I'm at the sandwich shops and I'm, I have to like look at the bags and I, I I've been just like getting anything that's not. So yeah, fucking give the workers what they want. You, you can very, it's they, and they have so many brands. They have so many, like all of the Pizza Hut and Taco Bell, Pepsi, uh, all of them. They, they got enough. They, they, they got do. enough. I mean, that's the thing that stinks about this world. This, I mean, basically the kind of capitalism we have where it's like they talk about people that love capitalism, people that are like capitalism's great. It breeds competition and innovation. It's like, how come like 60% of the snacks at the store are made by the same people? Like, I'm going to have to start making my own Funyuns. Yeah, well, house. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's the mirror of what every single like conservative weirdo who goes to Cuba and then shows like a picture of like every can of bean being the same kind of beans or just any country where it's just like, oh, yeah, there's only one kind. It's like we already have that, except it's just like, oh, different flavors. It's just like Frito-Lays has different brands they can put shit under, you know? Yeah, but yeah, the, it, it's the in the in the uh, Freedom Under Capitalism video that we did uh, with Means TV. There's a line in there where I say, like, you know, people are so impressed with our cereal aisles in the United States. And like, when I look at the cereal aisle now, it's just like a bunch of boxes of corn and sugar. It's, yeah, just General it's, Mills. Yeah. yeah. It's not a bunch of different things. Really? I mean, look, I'm not like being snobby when it comes to cereal or snacks, because I got to say, I'm with you in this. This Frito-Lay thing is really tough. I even had to go tough which, on us. We're, we're, we're doing, we're, we're really breaking our backs here. The white trash thing about me was that I had to go check and see, cause the Starbucks label 
was on the PepsiCo sign. And I got super nervous because like, look, I know it's not good, but I stop there every day to get a cold brew every single day. It's just, there's enough I of got them. points. I got points to prove, yes. you know, I mean, exactly. Listen, I would love to be able to stop by every single cafe in Los Angeles. And I have one of my best friends in the Hawaii world. I'm going to his wedding. He's like, and he will say this. He's a huge coffee snob. It's in like, I'm working with him right now. So I'll, I'll get my Starbucks and I'll just like, kind of like jam it as fast as I can before he gets in. It's like, he's going to just like rip on me for drinking. I also like shitty coffee. I like, I like an acrid taste on my tongue. You know, I, I, I like, I like burnt beans. So Their cold brew makes my whole face feel like it has little pins and needles on it. And most small cafes sell cold brew and very small cups. Like their sizes are like a lot smaller and I like a big fat cup. So I Googled Starbucks to find out and because i was like the pepsico doesn't own starbucks and luckily they don't own starbucks but if you're honoring the boycott you can't buy any of the starbucks products in the gas station like, okay those are pepsi so like if i went to like the and got those little like vanilla things Yes. Can't do yes. it. Okay. Nope. Not allowed to do that because PepsiCo does make those. And the and the union hasn't officially asked for a boycott, by the way, but the workers are saying the workers on the picket lines are actually saying, like, hey, hey, you know, we would like it if you boycotted this. If not, just if not just for the fact that they might be able to get some time off. <laughs> they don't have to yeah. make <laughs> It's like no one buys it. And then, oh, yeah, everything grinds through a hall. Well, also, like, how far in advance do they have to make those chips? Because rem I remember during COVID, um, like, during, like, the beginning of COVID, I was walking to my gas station every night and getting a bag of chips. And I would get the Doritos, and on it would be, like, Wonder Woman in theaters now. And I was just like, no, that's not true, man. That's, yeah. that's, that's not happening. We don't. But it was like, oh, they had to have, like, had this in production for, like, a minute. Like, so I wonder right. if like, it's not going to be felt until like, you know, October. My Google info, my, but you know how, when you open the Google app on your phone, it gives you stories. It thinks you're like really interested in yeah. like right now, uh, I have Uber and Lyft drivers are on strike today. Mm -hmm. Uh, the most beautiful towns in Ohio, which I don't know why I would necessarily have to read that. And uh, Dwayne Johnson disses Vin Diesel and Fast and Furious. So like, but a lot of times my news, because I must, because, you know, I see these fucking MCU movies, right? Yeah, you're and, like super into them. I no, feel like uh, in, the, no, in the group chat, you're always talking about what's happening in Loki. And I feel like I, you're... You're the only person I know who like is just like, actually, no, I know a lot of people, but like you're like one of the people who's like, will own the fact that you watch the Marvels. I, I, I'm a sicko in much the same way that I am with Man Cow, Opie, uh, any of those guys. And the Marvel movies, even worse, because I'm not going to do anything about them on the show. I just feel like I have to watch them. 10 years ago or 10, 20 years ago, 
Survivor was on. I remember when Survivor came out and everybody was talking about Survivor and you wanted to know what was going on with Survivor. The Marvel movies have replaced all of that now. And that's all everybody knows. Like most people know the Marvel movies. So it's like a really easy small talk thing. Yeah, but um, that's, that's smart. I never thought about it as just like, oh, if I was like, I don't know, on a long cab ride or just like stuck in line somewhere, I can just strike up what's happening in Black Widow. Yeah, <laughs> but so, but some of the news I get on Google a lot of times is like, um, spoiler, uh, the new villain for Shang-Chi was featured on, on a bag of chips that somebody caught a picture of in the plant so a lot of times like scoops for the mcu come on bags of chips months and months and months before the movie's released so that's like a whole marketing strategy for them now that's maybe that's what the uh the picketers should do is just like threaten to like just take all the photos of all the upcoming like add tie-ins and just wreck their uh fucking like tie-ins with all the other like media companies i like that i they should do that so the company recently sent us a letter saying those shifts are called squeeze shifts but none of us had ever heard that term before said samuel huntsman who has worked at the plant for three years i think they're just trying to make it sound better what brought in the (laughs) They just don't want to call it suicide anymore. (laughs) And you know they called it suicide shifts, dude. Yes, of course they did. Everyone called everything suicide shifts until like someone like, you know, in in gym class when they were like, we're going to run you up against the walls back and forth when you've been misbehaving they call it suicides like it's like we like nothing good is like named that other than like maybe mixing a bunch of well no because it's like you could get a shitty drink if you mix it all together like (laughs) but also a squeeze shift like also is not any better i mean that's 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 like just like oh god just like yeah oh because like people kill each other they're not each other but they kill themselves like on factory lines when they've been overworked and underpaid and under benefited. Like, so, I mean, it's a real thing. So it's just like, you know, all those companies got to be like, when was the last time we talked about the suicide shift? Maybe we can change it to something else. Well, when I worked, uh, uh, anytime I worked at any of, of my more blue collar jobs, there were, I, and you know, of course, I can't think of a specific right now, but there was always slang around the office that the managers fucking used too. like this. Maybe the official thing in the employee handbook doesn't say you have to work suicides, but when people find out they have to work suicides, I am sure a manager comes up to them and saying, hey, we're doing suicides this week. And uh, uh, it just because they don't expect the culture of the warehouse to ever make it out of the warehouse. So there's probably a lot of shit going on there that, that is just the same as that. There's probably tons of like different slang and stuff like that. That's happening in that warehouse that hasn't even gotten out yet. 
Yeah. And it's just embedded in the culture of the company. I mean, if you're running shifts like that, I, I worked at a, a warehouse, a Bath and Body Works warehouse back when I was uh, uh, like 19 or 20. And uh, they, they, I was a temp. So they didn't really have much power over me. I mean, working as a temp is like a double-edged sword because they can just let you go for nothing. They can just be like, well, you're out of here, you know, or, or if you become a hassle, they can make you leave. But to me, that felt like I could be like, well, fuck it. I, you know, I don't care about this job. They don't care about me. So I wouldn't work the mandatory overtime. But when I was working there, the entire time I was there, it was seven days a week. You know, it wasn't 12 hours those seven days a week, but there were guys that did work 12 hours, seven days a week. Like there are guys in every warehouse that will work every single minute that you give them, mm -hmm. that you make available. And businesses are evil, but they shouldn't be like they encourage that behavior, which does lead people to have heart attacks. That that is not good for you. Oh yeah, you're just like your your pulmonary system is just getting entirely fucked. Mm -hmm. I mean, even beyond warehouses. Um, I mean, in uh, you know, entertainment, there's been so much about like uh, doubles and things like that of like insane hours of or like twenty hour shoots, and then like how much time you'd get in between. You know, a lot of these shoots are like you know an hour or two away from the city and you know you have people like working as like transpo or they themselves are driving themselves and if you're working like a 20-hour day and then going home at 5 a.m and like sometimes previously it would be like okay your next call is at like 11 a.m after getting off at five it's like you're getting people who are fucking loopy and sleep deprived i mean truckers now can't work past a certain point or they're not supposed to or else they're like cab will start dinging and like, but you know, a, a warehouse where you're just like working around like heavy equipment. It's just like, Oh yeah. Uh, fingers crossed. Nothing bad happens. Uh, somebody in the chat, uh, asked, I got to look at it. Pizza, pizza, coffee, weed in the chat just said, what do you say to people who say the lay stories are just exaggerations by disgruntled employees. I say that these people still work at the fucking factory. Sure. Maybe they are disgruntled right now, but they are not people who are walking out of the fucking warehouse. They, I mean, they're striking, hmm. but you know what I mean? Like disgruntled would mean that like they quit or that the company fucked them over and they, the company fucked them over and they quit. The company fucked them over and fired them. And then they just say a bunch of random things about the company. But these people still work there. Like this, as Mark McCarter, a 59-year-old palletizer and union steward at the plant who has worked there for 37 years, told Vice, it seems like I go to one funeral a year for someone who's had a heart attack at work or someone who went home to their barn and shot themselves in the head or hung themselves. Forced overtime interferes with your health and your household, explained Hun explains Huntsman. It leads to fights on the shop floor, too, he adds, with workers getting in arguments because they are so cranky and mad and tired. Others at the plant have spoken of divorces caused by the schedules. In addition to the suicides, 
Workers say they have urged Frito-Lay to hire new workers to lighten the low, but that the company hasn't budged. Um, I think the only argument you could make, and I'm not making this argument because it's fucking bullshit, because I read what people are making. I will, uh, I will get that. I'll get that actually from the Vice article. I'll go to the Vice article. But uh, they aren't willing to pay enough to get people. It's yeah. not... It's, it is, it's just, they're not hiring people because once you have a crew at a fucking job that you are, comp that, that the company is comfortable with, they don't fucking care what the employees on the shop floor think about who they should hire or how many people should they should hire because a Frito-Lay plant in Topeka, Kansas probably has a ton of people applying for it. Yeah. I know if it was here, I would fucking be applying for, I, I mean, if I'm, if I'm 22 and, and f the Frito-Lay plant is near where I grew up, I would fucking go work at that Frito. I would apply there, but they're not hiring. They're, 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 they're probably not hiring people. They probably have stacks of well, fucking this, applications. This the thing about like that whole like, oh, what do you say about like people who might be like, oh, these are just disgruntled at voice. I guess like I would say, yeah. And and so like, yeah, of course, they'd be disgruntled. They're telling you what they're not getting. I mean, I mean, if 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 everyone was just like polite and like happy as can be, then there would be no actual like changes if, if if the if the union was able to bargain for anything like th there would actually be like no need for this so it's just like a very strange you know amazon does a lot too with their like weird uh twitter bot army where like you know they're like just like these are a lot of agitators it's like yeah because they, they they're they're telling you what they need yeah. and like, it's just like it's like i don't understand why that's like it's like being like, yeah, boy, those people who are striking and are on the picket line sure do seem pissed off and unpleasant. It's like, yeah, yeah, of course they are. Like, it's like, but, you know, it, it is that interesting thing where, yeah, you have people who have been there for so long and the company knows, like, well, you know, you hire a bunch of people from outside, either one of two things happens. One is that those people who they hire will be desperate and will do whatever or they're going to ask for actual changes to the working conditions and then you have to give it to everyone. Um, but like, yeah, that, that like, I don't know. Um, well, that, like, also, oh. also drew when you, when we talk about like, maybe this is disgruntled workers like complaining, I should, I should put this out there in its latest contract offer. Frito-Lay has said it would raise wages by 4% over the next mm. two years and put a cap at 60 hours a week. So, I mean, it it has to be really fucking bad if you have to cap the overtime at 60 hours a week. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 like, just because people will do that work and there are people who, like, need that work doesn't mean there shouldn't be, like, you know, uh, third rails in place to ensure that like nothing dangerous is going to happen. I mean, of course, people who really need something will put themselves in danger. Uh, I have a like, I don't want to overstate this, but I have a relative who worked for like 20 years at a printing factory in California, and he would do the doubles and he would do like really long shifts. And he was just like trying to like being like, 
I'm going to put the pedal to the metal. I'm going to get my pension early. I'm going to work these hours. I'm going to, I'm going to accrue overtime. And last year, like he had like a, a fainting spell in the plant and he had like a spike in, uh, you know, blood pressure and he had like a surgery and he died. And I'm not saying inherently that was because of the printing company, to the best of my knowledge, he really did love his job, but like, he also was like trying to like really push the edge of the hours they would give him. And I don't think that that was at the very least conducive to his health. So like, you know, just because someone will work that hard doesn't mean that like the bad conditions are okay. It means that like those conditions need to be like improved. So like those people don't have to do doubles and collect 60 hours of overtime pay. You know, it's like, Oh, if you want to get overtime, hopefully you won't have to do 60 hours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I, somebody in the chat even said like, you know, I'm that person and I've worked with so many people. Uh, uh, I, I think I've told this on the air before, but back when I was at the cable company, I had been there for like four years and they instituted on call. Now, one of the reasons I got this job is because they didn't have on call. You, you didn't have to be on call ever. That wasn't a part of the job. So why do you need to be on call for a cable company on call is what <laughs> doctors and surgeons and like healthcare professionals who have to like be ready to save someone's life. Like I I've been like, you know, I've texted like Comcast at like 2 AM, but like, that doesn't mean I like there needs to be someone ready. Yeah. Well, imagine also, I mean, just think about how bad the cable companies have to be if they have people on call. <laughs> Like, how bad is the fucking service if there are people ready to respond to emergencies at all time and they still don't get things done and people still hate them? But when they added the on call, there was this fucking guy that worked there that would pay you $100 for your on call week. Ah. So... <laughs> because you got a hundred dollars for being on call. So the week you're on call, you got a hundred dollars and then whatever time and a half you got after you worked over those hours. So there was this guy, dude, every four weeks, I sold him my on call for a hundred dollars and he was making a shitload of money. Like I so was he covering like, really multiple on, on calls at once? Like he would well, be like, this week I'm going to have like Brian's and Chris's and Kevin's. Well, we would only have one person on call for each department. So mm -hmm. he covered multiple weeks of on call in a row. Like he would cover, he would cover months and months and months. He would be one of, I think it was two people on call at a time, months and months and months. He would do two. He would do on calls. He'd be one of the guys on call. And, and I just remember like, he's like, I'm saving for a house. And it's just like, this isn't worth it, dude. It's yeah. not worth it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. best of luck to anyone who feels like they have to do it. And like, you know, it's, it's no skin. It's not their fault or problem. Like if you're picking up these doubles or like, you know, this overtime and a half, but like it's the responsibility of the company to make sure that no one's going to do anything that could put them in like 
precarity. And if if the floor for like what your company pays to full-time employees isn't enough, then that needs to be raised so that there aren't like these gambits people have to make that could potentially kill them. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a little bit about the working conditions at the Frito-Lay's factory. Uh, he says, this is not a good job. At 7 a.m., our warehouse is 100 degrees. We don't have air conditioning. Air conditioning. We have cooks in the kitchen on the fryers that are 130 or 140 degrees making chips and sweating like pigs. Meanwhile, the managers have AC. I make $20.50 an hour after 37 years. Most people make between $16.50 and $20 an hour. I haven't gotten a raise in a decade. Three years ago, I got a $600 bonus that was taxed. And three years before that, I got another $600 bonus. That was my raise for the past 10 years. This is from a Fortune 500 company that is making billions. I can tell you many people have had heart attacks in the heat at Frito-Lay since I've been here. One guy died a few years ago and the company had people pick him up, move him over to the side and put another person in a spot without shutting the business down for two seconds. So, <clears throat> I mean, oh, and here's another part. And this is something me and Brett always bang on too. This used to be a bomb place to work. Older slang. It's fine. He's a 57 yeah, no, year old he, man. Yeah, you know? he's allowed to say bomb. <laughs> yeah, we had picnics together. We'd go to worlds of fun together. We had community, lunch serve, Christmas ham, Thanksgiving turkey. We'd do all that. These days, we do absolutely nothing for employees. We work them. We send them home. It's demoralizing, and it's truly nuts how a Fortune 500 company can get away with this kind of foolishness. I stay here because in two years, I'll be 62, and I have a union pension acquired over 37 years. I've spent so much time here that I might as well take the pension and Social Security and call it quits. So, uh that is, and so he says, I think people were pushed to the edge. COVID created some of this. During COVID, managers got to work from home. People see that and realize they have other options. Everyone's hiring and raising their pay because no one wants to work for $8 an hour anymore. So uh, we would rather nobody buy Frito-Lay's products, Doritos, Tostitos, Funyuns, Cheetos, and all those while we're on strike. We make all of those in Topeka, Kansas. We would also rather nobody buys PepsiCo products while we're on the line. PepsiCo is the owner of Frito-Lay. So, uh, yeah. I mean, that's the hardest. The only luck there is, is that the boycott, I mean, it's not getting a lot of big press outside of kind of online circles of people who care about labor issues and stuff, but at least at, at, you could like, you can always just not eat stuff made by Frito-Lay. That is like a thing that like, it's not like they're asking you to boycott something that actually, you know, like oranges or something like that. They're not asking you not to take a specific like route or like bus like route or like taking a like a, a necessary service. It's it's a luxury to be able to eat free delays. And it is that kind of uh commodity fetishism where it's like, yeah, I, I when I'm hungry and I'm hangry, I'm not thinking about like what okay, I'm used to 
I might as well be plucking it off the Fritos tree. You know, I don't think about like, okay, the conditions of which the person who like, you know, you're not thinking about the whole factory line. And, you know, what, what really struck me, I mean, there's so many things in that quote that struck me. Um, the fucking managers having air conditioning while like no one on, like, just like, you should sit without air conditioning. Like, it's just like, you should, it's like, make the fucking managers do it or, you know, give everyone the air conditioning. But also like, yeah, it's, it's so like as someone who's, you know, a millennial, like that sort of like, yeah, company pride and like being like, oh yeah, there used to be something of company culture that wasn't like, you know, mandatory or forced by like, you know, like, you know, oh, we're making everyone do these like, you know, awful HR events. It's, it's I mean, because you, you hear people talk about, you hear like, you know, um, the silent generation or like boomers like talk about like, oh yeah, I, my, my dad was a Maytag man and he was so proud to be a Maytag man. And it's like, that's, that, that sounds inconceivable that like someone would be so happy with their job and like a company like that, they would actually like had pride in like being like, oh yeah, I'm a marathon oil guy. Like, yeah, because they did. I mean, I, you know, people that got those sort of middle, middle class blue collar jobs, um, did get paid well. And it's because of the unions. It's because yes. they had stronger labor. They had stronger unions at that time. And and they fought for it and they got it. And so like they like, you know, without being like, oh, yeah, it was Maytag or like Marathon Oil. No, it was it was the labor uh, that actually, you know, made it so that it was actually able to work with dignity. Oh, no. I just found something out, though. Oh, okay. no. Okay. Okay. One of one of my regular things that uh oh no this is this is bad i did not know that pepsi bought the seven up corporation oh whoa oh outside of the u.s okay thank thank fucking you're, god you're 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 a seven up man like i'm, I I'm a diet seven up diet <laughs> seven up okay um i uh i don't think i've ever had diet seven up <laughs> It's so good. I don't know why I, I drink a seven up every day. My entire family and my fiance love diet Pepsi, which to me is psychotic. I love like, it too. That's my how, other favorite. How does diet Pepsi taste like, like just ground up like saltines and like yeah. batteries. It, it hurts. Yeah. I don't like Coke at all. Like I don't, I am a Pepsi man through and through, which now I have to stop being for at least the time being but if i have to pick between pepsi coke rc name all of the colas boylan's i'm gonna drink a pepsi i, I i'm unfamiliar with boylan's oh it, that must be out just out here it's a craft soda company uh from new jersey and uh it's just that's the fancy one but yeah i've always been into pepsi i've always been a pepsi guy i have like a real this is the other thing that makes me sound like an old man i have a real sweet tooth like uh, the sweetest sweet tooth in the world i had three drumsticks yesterday which i shouldn't have done but i did so <laughs> i have to admit that i did that <laughs> you regularly get like cholesterol checked or anything like that uh i get my my blood checked and stuff like that but yeah. i i i just nothing's gonna stop me Man, I had my yeah. first like real like 
a doctor telling me, yo, your cholesterol sucks um, last year. <laughs> and so as a result, I've been really like working hard not to eat like uh, bready, fatty. It's like, I'm a vegetarian, you're vegan. I don't like drink. I, like, I don't have a lot of vices. So like snatty, snacky, fatty foods is like one of them. But like now I'm just like, Oh yeah, egg whites, which like very like uh, low in cholesterol. Yeah, I've moved on to. I I've been doing a lot better at, at eating. I just I've had weaknesses lately with. There's these drumsticks with these crunched up. Yeah. It's like Oreos, but it's like a dust, and it's the best texture I've ever had in my life. I just can't help it. It's it is the best texture for an ice cream novelty that I've ever had. So I guess if drumsticks is run by Frito-Lay, I mean, Nest- I, th- I think it's Nestle, which is its evil. own thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's all evil. So it's Drew, all- you sent me something today that I wanted to get into, and this is also good for workplace stuff. This is a very evil business. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're going to stay in the world of food. Uh, I've been obsessed with this for like maybe the last year. Um, I don't know if any of our listeners are familiar with the Jimmy John's uh, sandwich uh, franchise. Uh, We've talked not, about them okay, on good, here a good. lot. Jimmy John's is a very evil sub franchise. Okay. I don't know anything about their like day-to-day labor stuff. What, what sort of <laughs> shitty things do they do? Oh, they're really anti-union, uh, low pay. Uh, I, I have to Google it, but we have actually had people call in that work at Jimmy John's and, and like the IWW in Minneapolis was, was picketing them for a while for some stuff. It's just at this first hint of, uh, of organizing the workers, they fire people and, uh, it's just, uh, uh, very low pay. I think they give tips, hmm. maybe, but uh, yeah, they they're well, well known, and their owner is just a huge piece of shit. This makes a lot of sense because what I I said was like Brian, we got to talk about the signs at Jimmy John's. Um, I, I I haven't been to a ton of them, but like last year, um, my, my fiance was having some dental work done, and it was enough that like it was just like yeah, you should probably get someone to drive you. So I would be like chilling in a neighborhood for like, you know, an hour at a time waiting to pick her up and I would get a sandwich. And I was like, oh yeah, Jimmy John's. There's really not any in my neighborhood. And they have the usual, or you think usual bric-a-brac. You know, you go to TGI Fridays and there's like a, a plastic twister board or a stop sign or like, you know, a Perry Cuomo album. And, you know, that sort of bric-a-brac is supposed to make you feel good and relax. Like you're in someone's like basement or rumpus room. And Jimmy John says something like that. They have, I, I hesitate to call them inspirational signs. What they are, are weird scoldy, like yelling at you about working harder and how to like behave that they have all across the store not even just for like you know workers it's like if you're getting waiting for your sandwich you have to read this like little like school marmish like vice principal like little sayings that they have plastered across as though it's like you know actual decorations so here's here i remember what the problem with jimmy john's was it was a non-compete they they made their employees sign non competes. Like they're like fucking act 
actors who are like 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 sports athlete like <laughs> you know. so it's like if i'm if i'm working at a jimmy john's i can't bop over to quiznos because i'm going to bring that well how what all could you bring like oh we we layer the cheese on top of the lettuce like there's the, what, what trade secrets are there it says in 2016, Jimmy John's got into some serious trouble over a pretty crazy non-compete clause they forced their workers to sign. According to Reuters, all employees were forced to sign a waiver as part of their hiring package, agreeing to not work for any other sandwich shop or deli within two to three miles of a Jimmy John's location. Jesus. Oh, God. Not only was this clause in effect while they worked at Jimmy John's, but for two years following the end of their Jimmy John's employment. Uh, Brian, you and I are big wrestling fans and non-competes are always like something that like builds a lot of anticipation, like, oh, a wrestler quit this one company. When are they going to debut into another? Oh, they're non-competes up. And I'm just imagining someone's just like, oh yeah, Tyler's non-competes up from Jimmy John soon. I, I, I hope he joins my local sub shop. Well, the non-competes and wrestlings are wrestling are 30 or 90 days. 90 days. Yeah. I don't know. Two any, years. Yeah. Like it's like god that sucks so bad and this makes a lot of sense so the first sign and you can just google all these um is like this cute little sign that says if you do the things you need to do when you need to do them then someday you can do the things you want to do when you want to do them okay cool let me see let me i i gotta i gotta look at that again okay if you do the things you need to do when you need to do them, then someday you can do the things you want to do when you want. That's not true, though. Yeah, That's I never mean, true. It, it never is. And it's always like businesses that are always like, well, delay your gratification. It's going to be so much better when you work along. And we were just talking about, you know, uh, good pensions and like waiting until you're 62 and just like, but let's hope if you make it and let's then you have like what maybe 15 years of good living like but they they're always like yeah you know grind now like you know relax later i mean these signs are intended for the customers yes which but, i think I mean, is I a think really also, weird yeah. strategy it's like it's like if somebody made a commercial where they were like bitching at you Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're like if, if McDonald's did a commercial where they were like, you know, get up off your fucking ass and get here and get a fucking Big Mac. OK, yeah, it's like I'm buying a sandwich that can be made in like five minutes. That's going to be at least three thousand calories or something <laughs> like like uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to like you want me to skimp on the mayo. Like what 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 am I supposed to get from this? Um, yeah. There's this one, which is like a bunch of little uh, blocks, like kind of stacked up that says, if you don't step forward, you're always in the same place. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. If you don't go after what you want, you'll never have it. Oh, unless you're an employee of Jimmy John's, then if you ask for shit or if you go for what you want, you're going to get like the boot on your fucking neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they don't want uh, it is. If you work these they should put at the bottom of these signs like these do not apply to the people that work here. You need to understand that this is these signs. Strive more. <laughs> yeah. These signs are meant for the customers, not for you. Don't you ask for anything? You know, like if you, they probably don't want you asking for a raise. 
but I guess they should have put, they probably have the same sign in the break room that says, if you ask for a raise, the answer is always no. Oh, then this next one is like, just makes me feel awful to serve you better. Speak clearly, which. Uh, That's several things. Yeah. But that, that could be like so many things, but in the end, it's, it's rude. And I, I'm like, I'm trying to be as delicate as I can, but there are so many occasions. I'll, I'll say it like this. Anytime that someone complains on how someone else can't, doesn't speak clearly or they can't understand them, chances are like the actual intent behind that is pretty fucking awful. Yeah, like, like, you can just be pretty safe. It, it's not not the saying for sure what the area lands in. It can be in many other things. Also, like I'm a mush mouth. Like I sometimes don't speak clearly. But like, oh man, just like okay, yeah, thank you. I guess I'll be very. I'll enunciate while I go into Jimmy John's. I'll, I'll take my diction class so I can ask for the number seven. Right. I mean, and you got to think about it like this. 99% of the customers that come into Jimmy John's do speak clearly and they want to get their order across and they want to explain what they want so that they get the right thing. Maybe consider that the one or 2% of people who aren't speaking clearly could, uh, it could be, could have a disability could sure, it could yeah. literally fucking be a million different things yeah. why make them feel bad i'm sure anyone who knows that sometimes they may not be understood always feels super good about it and definitely wants to have attention drawn to it yes uh, yeah. then this this next one is a classic the only thing that separates separates successful people for the ones who aren't is the willingness to work very, very hard. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> I mean, it's so funny to have signs like basically signs all over your Jimmy John's all over your business that are just telling you like, you know, you ought to, what you ought to think about is working really hard. Yeah. Just like, I mean, and that's the thing. It is like, it's not like one or two of these signs. It's like, class you you're looking at like 30 signs it's impossible to take them in all at once so it's just like this super overwhelming feeling of being surrounded by someone who's screaming at you but it's just like uh, uh, i don't want to work very very hard like, no nobody does uh, if i wanted to know, work hard guys... i'd make my own damn sandwich yeah like, you I'm... know the jimmy john's guy that runs jimmy john's uh i Here's what I think. I think that maybe there are people, I think, who work super hard to get where they're at. They don't have any advantages. They get where they are all on their just hard work. They grind it out and they do hard work. Those people are fucking freaks. Okay. Yeah. And like most people are not those people and they should. You know, they're the ones that are freaks. It's not people who want to just fucking coast. I want to coast. I've always wanted to coast. I think I think if I had to guess, 80% of people want to coast and then 20% want to work. Let people coast. It's fine. Yeah, somebody in the chat also mentioned speak clearly is code for 
speak co- clearly as code for without a thick accent as yeah. well. Definitely. So that's also true. That is another thing. Um, I have not seen the Jimmy John uh, guy's Wikipedia uh, page. And it, it it's both surprising to me and also uh, it's not. Like, have you seen him laying naked with the shark? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> He's a big game hunter. Uh, and I fisher. did see a part that said hunting. Uh, yeah. He's killed some pretty endangered, not endangered, like officially on the endangered list, but he's killed things, you know, that people don't want to be killed, like lions and shit like that. And um he caught a shark of some sort or some giant fish and he laid down on the floor of the boat naked next to it and there is a the pictures out there everywhere cool I, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to look that up um oh he also has a world famous yacht named rock dot it um that i mean it looks like, a bad, like him that seems like a bad startup um, I mean, think about a business who's only th- this is what you got to think about with Jimmy John's a business who's only so ce- whose celebrity endorsement is done by Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that is their. I mean, that's all you have to think about when it comes to Jimmy John's is like, oh, OK, this is a weird business. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, I mean, I think maybe I'm just like the part of my brain that has like Papa John's like kind of sectioned off i'm like the, the other shoe has to fall with this guy at some point he's like, been right? in a lot of trouble right he but has, like he's, the, he's, the next step and yeah. i don't want to speculate on what that next step is he has but. to do something he has to either get me to or do something racist probably yeah. because he is like a super well-known you know trump guy conservative guy type of thing and like he so like those people are almost uncancelable in a way. It's the same thing as Jimmy as Papa John. Papa John didn't get canceled. Well, Papa John Papa John, the thing is that, you know, he had a big enough company that other people like on the board could push him out on. And that's how, like, to the extent that he can get canceled. I don't know if there's a board of executives or a board of directors for Jimmy John's where if uh jimmy john you know does something fucked up they're gonna be like "Ah, we gotta we gotta cut ties with jimmy john um i mean papa john a hundred percent like got what he deserved in every aspect of what happened to him mm -hmm. uh i wish he would have lost a lot of his money and had to live just a normal person's life but like he 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 said something racist on a call to his board of directors. Now he didn't have to have a board of directors. Like Papa John's didn't need to be a place that had a board of directors, but he decided to do that. So him getting fired just all around makes me happy. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's funny that you mentioned um, like cancellation because the next one just feels like the thing people say on Twitter when they're not happy with people's apologies but it goes, proper apologies have three parts. One, what I did was wrong. Two, I feel badly that I hurt you. And three, how can I make this better? Which, why is that in your sandwich shop for everyone to stare at so that they can learn <laughs> how to tell a proper apology? And also, I guarantee you, Jimmy John has never 
apologize like that. No, I mean, honestly, nobody does. No, uh, no one ever. I does. mean, people who are worried for their career, like people that stand to lose a lot. Somebody like Louis C.K. doesn't even apologize like that. And like things could have been easier for him if he had done that. <laughs> you know, like nobody apologizes like that. It's just not a natural thing. People do things. Uh, a lot of times they feel like they're right. And, uh, you know, a lot of times they feel like they're right. But the part where it says, how can I make this better? Is it's. It's a step too far for your boss to be saying. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you. I don't think. It, yeah, Jimmy John is not looking to make amends, and if so, it certainly isn't his employees or many of the brilliant animals he's murdered. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he would apologize to like another like wealthy dude on his yacht that he like parted in front of like maybe that's what he would apologize for but he's not going to apologize to anyone who works at jimmy john's no um, for for making two-year non-competes for a sandwich yeah. store um my bad uh i i need to step away from organizing within the jimmy john's community i need to reflect and grow um <laughs> this next sign yeah Drew, this one is makes crazy. me so mad it, 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 yeah Eating at Jimmy John's, a comprehensive guide to etiquette, a comprehensive guide to etiquette and eating at fucking Jimmy John's. We're not talking about a fancy restaurant. It's like the name of the restaurant is Jimmy John. Like it's, it's like supposed to be a fun, relaxed place. You're not supposed to feel like, oh, I need to like, it's like you just eat it. They make sloppy sandwiches that are like, too big so that you feel like stuffed afterwards. But this there's is something like there's something so fucking shitty about these signs in a way that like when you look at the shit hanging on the wall at Applebee's, it's like this place looks like shit. There's like sleds and shit hanging on the wall, whatever. But it's not offensive. This stuff, it's so weird to choose. Like, don't restaurants can you do me a favor i know i've always said the only thing i don't want you to do is do a sex restaurant i don't like sex restaurants i uh generally don't eat them but don't be funny either you, you just don't have it this in is you. like the opposite are you familiar with it's a small chain the restaurant dick's last resort it's a restaurant and yes. bar like yeah. dick's last resort the whole like gimmick is that like people are mean to you so like your your waiter and like bartender's always like hey hey dumb dumb hey fatty like you want something to eat guess what you're gay and like i like i'm not exaggerating i'm like that's the kind of burns they do this is the opposite where it's just like oh i didn't expect to be scolded when i wanted to get my sandwich but yeah anyway the don'ts don't talk with your mouth full. Don't play with your food. Don't whistle annoying songs that will get stuck in other people's heads. Uh, don't swim for 30 minutes after a meal. Don't stare. Don't ask kids to pull your finger. Don't carve your initials into things that do not belong to you. Don't talk <laughs> vegetarians. Don't use foul language unless you're telling a foul joke. Don't mess around with Jim. Don't pick your teeth or anything else. Don't bring Jimmy John's back home unless you have enough to share. And don't take stuff too seriously. Can I just say, 
the one that made me well the one that makes me sick is don't use foul language unless you're telling a foul joke which that i don't know why but that just annoyed me <laughs> like because it was like a real elbowing you in the ribs kind of joke but the one that i don't know why this got me but don't carve your initials into things that do not belong to you had this probably hung in the first jimmy johns like he yeah. put his tables out some teen carved his initials into it and he just got fucking so hot under the collar he's like i'm gonna go get a sign printed <laughs> now that sign was very long but what if i were to tell you that that is at least only the fourth longest sign i could find about jimmy <laughs> i know there's this one here that says how much is enough that i think might be it's a the short story thing. yeah yeah he has one called a how i live my life by richard branson which is just like a bunch of dumb platitudes yeah richard branson yeah, yeah. space guy i mean Boy, first guy yeah. in space way to go dude uh he doesn't know dick about making sandwiches so i don't know why like <laughs> his stuff um you know there's one um dave barry you know kind of yeah. silly old conservative. guy stuff. he's is a he conservative a isn't okay he? Um, hold on i'll ch i'll look because dave barry i read all of his books when i was a kid and then i remember one time after i had turned into kind of when i started getting a little bit radicalized i read something that dave barry wrote and i was like holy fucking shit uh, uh i would I definitely be shocked it. if he had radical politics um i um dave barry's uh assistant once yelled at me uh so i have a weird uh kind of thing i, I called the person's cell phone and apparently i wasn't supposed to do that when i was trying to book dave barry on a job so um i don't know if he's a nice dude or not it's weird that he had a tv show or libertarian show. dave's but, world <laughs> yeah that makes sense dave it's just like yeah cranks nowadays don't get tv no one's like oh it's cute how this old guy like bitches a bunch let's give him uh his own sitcom yeah and the thing about it is like yeah if if you're a humorist in a newspaper it it like feels like that it has to be the most lib job in the mm -hmm. whole world so it is kind of weird but he probably made a shitload of money dude there my dad had like 20 fucking books by this guy and i oh, would yeah but before would the laugh. internet I think people who were, were weren't born before, like uh, they were born after like 1989, then they don't understand that there was like like 20 years before the internet was huge. Where like these books were all you could read. It's like you want to read something funny. Here's a collection of Dave Barry, or here's like a collection of Dennis Miller, or here's like uh, I, I love going to like uh, old like bookstores like out kind of far out from LA because they always have like really good like old humor books because like all they are, are books that like someone donated after an old guy died so you can find all these books at old bookstores um but the Dave Barry you know, one isn't very special you know can I tell you like yes I have a a, a very trust it's called the trustworthy encyclopedia it is a website that I go to quite often called conservapedia 
And uh, I went to Conservapedia to check on Dave Barry. And it says, Dave Barry is an American Pulitzer Prize winning humor columnist and author whose works are often depicted as offering entertaining insight into serious problems. It has been debated whether or not Dave Barry is conservative, but this could be observed from his news-related columns as gathered in his history of the millennium. So they're, they're taking it, you know? Yeah. I think that's uh, like if you ever read like the top twenty like best conservative movies, it's always just like whatever they want. They're always like it's one of her life is conservative because the guy loves his family and his job, and it's like what the fuck are you talking? Oh God, about? I read a list of jokes on Conservapedia, conservative jokes, and me and Brett along. I, I, I think a year or two ago, we're reading conservative paral- parables off of uh, Conservapedia. But the jokes, Drew, mm-hmm. were some of the worst jokes I have ever heard. Now, I'm going to say one here. Okay. What do you call a conservative accountant? Um, a millionaire. I don't know. <laughs> Ann Bean Coulter. So, <laughs> that, that, like that's an impossible. That is an that you know to what me. I think that, that 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 little list of like conservative jokes on Conservapedia is it's a false flag, so that someone can be like, "Hey, conservative <laughs> jokes aren't just racist." No, like here you go. See, nice clean humor. Like, oh no, it's like they actually had like their favorite conservative jokes it would be appalling uh actually there are also there's one that says something like what would a liberal do uh i i'll get them up here real quick because it's like what would a liberal call the day after thanksgiving what would a liberal store call the day after thanksgiving blacks only friday cool That felt so, that, that felt good to hear. Yeah, no, Conservapedia. I didn't just have like my stomach drop, just like. Uh. Oh, oh, here it is. Here it is. Uh, uh, here, here's a hold on, person reading conservative joke page. Why do relativity deniers think puns are so funny? They still think of puns as one of the four humors. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Why did well, here here uh, uh why did Westminster University give Richard Dawkins an honorary degree? Um because he doesn't believe in God. They thought he was the guy from Family Feud. Okay, sure. I mean, <laughs> there's even like I mean you could even do Richard Branson for that joke. And I feel like, oh, it would like make more sense. They were like, oh, they thought he was the guy who made Virgin Atlantic. He's like, there's now been like, oh, man. I got another one for you. Yeah. How this is so bad. What God inspired physicist can be eaten as a snack? I don't know. Isaac Fig, Fig Newton. Newton. Yeah. I mean, these are like high level bad. It's do they just, think? Do they think was Isaac Newton conservative? 
They say he's God inspired. God inspired. Okay. Which yeah. is, okay. I mean, everybody anyone was back, back everyone, then. Everyone, yeah. Hey, there's one more. Here's one more. Uh, uh, I hope global warming is real. Those snowflakes will melt in the politically incorrect heat. So that's that. That's a little bit of a hat on the hat. It could have just been like the the snowflakes would melt in the heat. Like you don't need the politically incorrect heat. Like no, like but tighten it up. <laughs> really. So, so the Dave, there's a Dave Barry sign, a Richard Branson one. Is the is the how much is? Oh, it's author unknown. Author unknown. It's it's Jimmy John. Let's face it. Um, yeah. Okay. So, do you want to read it or should I? I can do it. Okay. The American investment banker was at the pier of a small coastal Mexican village when a small boat with just one fisherman docked. Inside the small boat were several large fin tuna. The American complimented the Mexican on the quality of his fish and asked how long oh it boy. took to catch them. Oh so boy. let me just say this. Why is it an American investment banker? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, why is that important? Like, <laughs> I, it does. It does factor in in a bit. Uh, oh, it okay. does. Um, but already, uh, I'll say this. This gets bad. It doesn't get as bad as what you're thinking, but it it's yeah, yeah. So the Mexican replied, only a little while. The American then asked, why didn't he stay out longer to catch more fish? The Mexican said he had enough to support his family and immediate needs. Intelligent. The American then asked, but what do you do with the rest of your time? The Mexican fisherman said, I sleep late, fish a little, play with my children, take siestas with my wife. Okay, this is getting racist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> my wife, Maria, stroll into the village each evening where I sip wine and play guitar with my amigos. I have a full and busy life. Now, they don't have to add the... the he didn't say if he's speaking English to you, he would have said friends. He wouldn't said my amigos. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, also, um, he probably would just say, I have better shit to do. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't need to fish like, all day. Brian, when someone's like, what do you do with the rest of your time when you're not working on street fight? Are you like, okay, first of all, I do this, then this, then this. I wake up, I smoke, I take a shit, I eat it. Like that is really what it would be. Yeah. Uh, the, the American scoffed. I am a Harvard MBA and could help you. You should spend more time fishing and with the proceeds, buy a bigger boat. And with the proceeds from the bigger boat, you could buy several boats. Eventually, you would have a fleet of fishing boats. Instead of selling your catch to a middleman, you would sell directly to the processor, eventually opening your own cannery. You would control the product, processing and distribution. You would need to leave this small coastal fishing village and move to Mexico City, then L.A., and eventually New York City, where you will run your expanding enterprise. The American or the Mexican fisherman asked, but how long will this all take? To which the American replied, 15 to 20 years. But what then? The American laughed and said, that's the best part. When the time is right, you would announce an IPO and sell your company stock to the public and become very rich. You would make millions. Millions, asked the fisherman. Then what? The American said, 
Then you would retire, move to a small coastal fishing village where you would sleep late, fish a little, play with your kids, take siestas with your wife, stroll through the village in the evening, sip wine, and play your guitar with your amigos. This so, makes me so, I mean, so fucking mad. Because the whole like idea of this is like, oh, um, the fisherman knows he has enough to like live a stable and happy life with like an enriched social life and like, you know, hobbies. And there's no fucking way that Jimmy Johns allows any of their workers enough that they could possibly enjoy like the flexibility to like enjoy their lives you know and just be like oh i i can kick off after my shift and just like enjoy myself there's no and also like all this like oh the american who wants to make an ipo it's like you own one of the world's biggest yachts named rock it like are you fucking (laughs) like you're not like jimmy john is neither of these guys Jimmy Johns is like the guy that the American has to report back to. And then like, you know, he like laughs in his face and like ashes his cigar right onto his skin because there's, it's just like, it's like, it's such a veneer of like, it's Mike Rocha, you know, it's, it's, it is, you know, you work hard, but it feels good and stuff like that. And it's respecting yourself and knowing when to, because it's like, a work hard enough and whatever it's like you know a like they're not they haven't uh, th- that nda thing i mean or that non-compete thing is still like buzzing my brain it's like they do not present they present all this shit and they offer no way for anyone who works there to actually achieve any of it yeah yeah i just looked up to see if jimmy john's hung out with uh micro ever and uh i can't find one unfortunately but uh uh pretty pretty shocked actually that they're not buddies they i mean i think at least a lot of people know jimmy john is super evil so he doesn't have like the micro kind of uh uh respectability yeah, but he's uh, a media figure really it would feel nice to, you know, people are so hip to fucking micro now that like it would be nice to keep hipping people to bad guys. And Jimmy John, I maybe you already knew out there listening, but he's bad. I hate Jimmy John. Um, is, before is there an okay uh, sub shop, is there like one that like we can sign off on? It's gonna have to be local, dude. Yeah, there's local. Just, yeah, there's just, I mean, I make my own subs, which I know sounds bad, like the way I'm saying it. Like, it's like, oh, actually, I make my own sandwiches. But uh, uh, I also get them in, in Columbus. You can get them from local pizza shops. Um, j- maybe, and I don't know for sure. It, it's just not an overt, overtly in the news evil one. Uh, Jersey Mike's Mike. I, I will eat at Jersey Mike's quite a bit. Um, let me see. What about Firehouse subs? Who I, isn't their gimmick? They're owned by firemen. Yeah, I mean they were started by firemen. Okay, they're not. <laughs> it's it's not a worker owned and operated situation. No, if they're. I mean, you know, if you're a fucking. If you're if you're running Firehouse subs and and you're still a fireman, like. 
I mean, that's the first thing you do is quit the fireman job once it gets. Yeah, one someone. job. One job you can burn up in a fire, and the other yeah. one make sandwiches. Yeah, I think that their whole thing is also that they like donate parts of the profits to firefighter causes. Yeah, I that makes sense. I don't really know. I'm not a hundred percent sure what all of the fire fireman stuff is uh uh firehouse subs i don't know i'm always like into like i just a regular sub from a pizza shop works for me usually yeah. but also there's good subs at pizza shops around here so i it's not exactly one of those things that you can uh get that you can get anywhere like i'm sure there's probably not a great sub in like rural montana i bet sure, you can't yeah. get that i mean yeah i'm sure a lot of places it's just like the only thing that's like around and cheap is subway yeah um, you gotta go like, to missoula to get that damn thing you gotta get you gotta <laughs> you gotta go to missoula for a good sub um so before we before we end this show in your notes there's something else i'm very curious about okay yeah so uh where did you see so drew saw a celebrity and uh trust me this is a celebrity we would all love to see oh man um so yeah this weekend um i uh last week i got an email from one of those like cheap tickets like deals websites and it was like go see jay leno at flappers flappers is a local comedy club in burbank <laughs> and i was like oh how much and it was like comp tickets because you know, they just want to get people in the door so that then they can make them do two drink minimums. So I was like, well, I got to see Jay Leno do yeah. stand up. And so like I, I got tickets. I asked my loved ones if they would go. Most of them said no. Um, <laughs> uh, then finally, my friend John, um, shout out to John Peltz. He's a really good uh, writer at uh, Knock LA. He does a lot of good stuff involving like local reporting but he's also kind of a partner in crime of wanting to like go see like concussion entertainment with me so <laughs> he was actually on the chateau marmont strike line and he was like like dipping out and, uh, afterwards and he was like trying to get people to come but for whatever reason uh chateau marmont strike line did not want to go see jay leno um and so you know I, i'm in i'm in burbank you know which is a little bit more like uh it's like suburban la you know you know everyone's waiting and you know i get in they immediately nail me for you know my two drinks or like items you know drawn to everyone's like stirring it's a bad audience. Everyone's poorly behaved. You, you, you used to stand up in clubs. You know how like clubs are. It's, it's rough stuff. And yeah. like, finally, like, like, you know, the opener finishes and because it's a 10 PM show, he's just like, no, right. Here he is Jay Leno. And like, I am like seven feet away from Jay Leno. And I'm like, freaking out like i guess i'm like just like whatever like my brain is just like short circuiting because i'm like what is he going to be wearing is he going to be wearing denim what is he going to talk about and you know he looks rather old you know he's an old guy now um he wasn't wearing denim which was very disappointing yeah it's um, a lot down 
He did a lot of jokes about bad Me Too guys, which I thought was pretty bold for him. Um, not like, oh, these guys are good, but just like, oh, I'm surprised when he's talking about like Cosby, like right off the bat. Oh, or, really? Did he do his, like his, oh, his opening joke was like, oh, we got a special guest coming up, Bill Cosby. Um, and then <laughs> you know, everyone's like, mm. he's just like, yeah, you know, who could have seen it? Like, I mean, to be fair, like he's like, uh, he was like, oh, it took, you know, um, in Saudi Arabia, it, it took uh, two women to accuse a man of assault uh, for him to be convicted in America. I guess even 60 won't do enough, you know, so. I can't impart enough how much it just felt like watching the monologue of the tonight show. Cause he would just be like, Oh, Joe Biden's in the news. And it's like, this is a stand-up set, dude. Like you're not yeah. going on TV every night. He's just like, Joe Biden's in the news or like, ah, so Lori Laughlin's getting out of prison soon. It's just like, like, I don't even remember what the punchline is were. I was just obsessed with like how he was just like, Oh, so he just kept on being like the, Oh, did you see this? Or did you see that? And it, you know, He's a comic at a uh, comedy club. And so he naturally had to talk about, you know, oh, people are too uh, sensitive nowadays. Yeah, of course. I mean, after a completely like very like down the line, like it was funny because like when he was talking about like Biden and Trump, he he made no comments about like their politics or who was good or who was bad. He's like, you know, if I do a joke about Trump, Trump, people get mad at me. And if I do a joke about Biden, Biden, people get mad at me. So it's just like that classic apolitical Leno stuff. Um, But his big thing about like why people would be like too politically correct was like, the theme sh- song from Shaft um, couldn't be made nowadays. Okay. I like, mean, I'll say this. I, I, First of all, that is like, I mean, really, it's almost like he's saying, like, you couldn't do the Beverly Hillbillies nowadays. <laughs> I mean, it's also like he could have been doing that as a closer in 1990. Like, yeah. I mean, as long as when people are like, oh, politically correct or, you know, things have gone too far. Like, he, I mean, he probably could have done that joke as early as, I mean, I bet you, because he doesn't put out specials. All this stuff he's just constantly touring with. I bet you that's been a joke in his act for like 40 years. He's Has just like, just like two or three years after Shaft came out, he's like, well, what if I wrote politically correct versions of Shaft? Um, and these people never, like these guys never like feel bad about that kind of thing. Like Jay Leno is, he could just not, care at all i you know have you watched the comedy store special or or doc series on i have not i i'm very touchy about like comedy uh documentary stuff because i i whenever it gets too up its own ass i get really upset so i do too and uh i didn't want to watch it but then i walked in and my wife was watching it and i was like well now that you watched it i feel like i gotta watch it i don't know why i felt that way but i just did because yeah there's nothing in this world that i like less than listening to comedians talk about the craft of comedy <laughs> it <laughs> just really bugs bad. me there's only yeah. like four things they talk about one is like how like maybe secretly they're sad one is like how like a road audience is different than an la audience is different than a new york audience 
uh, oh, what's it like to deal with a heckler? Like it's it's just like all the same. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't want to hear about how you deal with a heckler. It's easy. You have a microphone and they don't. You can scream at them. Like anyone who's like, <laughs> just like, oh yeah, I took down this heckler. It's like, yeah, so what? It's like, oh, I, I like, I like bopped a little mouse in the head with a mallet. You know, it's it's like not a fun thing to brag about but the other funny thing about leno is um he like did a lot of humor based on like his like house and he was just like oh now my house isn't the night like he was just like trying to talk about how his house wasn't like the fancy house on his block because like the guy that owns the giants lives on his house his block which is just very funny for like jay leno to be like listen i'm i'm not the rich guy in my neighborhood (laughs) like just like I think he knows that there needs to be a little bit of a buy-in when like he's doing jokes about taking out the trash. Uh, so he's yeah. just like, listen, am I rich? Yes. But in comparison to the guy next door, and th- it all led up to a joke about like how like Prince William and Kate Middleton like hung out in his driveway once. <laughs> but he just had to do like that bricklaying of being like, I'm not actually as stuffy and rich as you think I am. He is seriously he has to be one of the richest guys in the country. I would think. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know if he's like a billionaire, but like, you, you don't know, think he, would make, he is. I mean, I'm, I don't necessarily, I mean, maybe, who maybe knows not. what his personal investments is. His whole line is always like, Oh, I never touched my tonight show money. I have just lived off of my stand-up money, which is yeah. just like, Oh, cool. You just have, you're just bragging about how this insanely big income stream you don't even have to touch. <laughs> like, you're just yeah. like, that's, that's just money. I just like set aside. Like, well, and, and you know, on that comedy store thing, I was semi shocked that like, so Letterman's on there and he's, he seems cool about stuff, you know, uh, doesn't really say anything like that, but at the end there's a panel, mm-hmm. the, the very last episode is like a panel and it has like uh whitney cummings uh you know uh howie mandel i think was on there uh paul rodriguez and leno's fucking there and like the craziest thing is like they do spend a, an amount of time talking about cancel culture but the most like angry the, the guy that jay leno like really surprised me because he just went like this. You don't apologize. You just move on. Never apologize. You just move on and ignore the people who, who are saying stuff. And I was like, God damn, Jay. He he made it work for 30 years. I mean, he, he did it. He, he did have to apologize recently though. Oh, did he make like jokes about Monica Lewinsky or like, no, it was Asians. Oh, Asians. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure it's like people pulled up enough stuff. Like he would be apologizing more, um, but uh, yeah, that was it made in 2018. So <laughs> well, he has a new TV show coming out, so I think that's a part of it. Like he, yes. he's going to be back in. He's doing "You Bet Your Life," which is a 1950s Groucho Marx uh, game show that he's going to host. So maybe he was testing material for this. Um, there's another very funny stand-up that I would love to talk to you about the set, but I will not do it on the air. <laughs> that's just a well, fun little you have tease. to send me something <laughs> here i'll just like uh put it in the chat real quick uh i'm so okay. sorry to do this in the 
Yeah. Um, I'm so sorry to do this to the audience, but yeah, I just like, oh, like much worse than Jay Leno. Like I was like <laughs> shocked. Um, but actually I, I bought like a Jay Leno t-shirt like in advance, uh, totally incidentally before like the, the like tickets even came up and I was so fucking mad that it didn't come in time because I wanted to wear my Jay shirt in the front row and just like be like moose from, um, you know, that wonderful Fred Durst movie, um, The Fanatic for Jay Leno. Yeah. Yeah. I love that movie. God damn it. So good. I mean, yeah. Leno is like a really fucking blank canvas, but I think he is probably, he's gotta be right. The most, one of the most angry guys. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, he used to be cool in the eighties and then everyone hated him for like 30 years and he had to grind and never be like accepted. And I'm sure He's still crying. Like, like, there has to be, like, some, like, great white whale or, like, rosebud sled of his that he doesn't have yet. It's probably a fancy car. Um, it's probably, like, a, a fancy car coming to life and being, like, I think you're cool and funny and, like, you, you didn't screw anyone over. Um, no, it's just very special. And especially seeing him in Burbank, which is where he performed, like, the energy was just, like, very vibrating. It was also, like, the night that they were like, okay, we need to like put COVID masks back on if you're in yeah. LA. So like every like the, everyone in like every joke was like someone being like, oh yeah, and remember at midnight you're gonna have to put the put the masks back on. And like surely enough, everyone like as the show got out at midnight, everyone like got like a mask out and like put it on their face, and everyone was just like, COVID's back in LA, baby. Like we're we're all just gonna walk solemnly to our cars. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, uh like a terrible new year's party it's that is bad like, yeah jay leno counts you down and then you have to wear a mask again fucking yeah you you just saw jay leno and now you're wearing a mask and jay leno doing jokes from you know 1983 which just really i mean it really but also i mean listen someone in the audience recorded it um on their phone and I'm sure I can find out who that was and get it to you. Let's put it like that. I would listen to that. Bootlegging stuff is cool. I'm going to just start becoming like a great old dad bootlegger for like 72 year old Jay Leno. Leno. Uh, just be like trying to trade Leno tapes. Like there's probably like three people in the entire world who would want to do that with me. And just like all of us just like going, I mean, to like, I mean, he probably does shows in Burbank. He probably does shows in the Midwest. And like, that's probably it. Just like, just like, oh yeah, this is the July uh, 13th Leno set. (laughs) I don't think he's been here in a long time, but I'm not sure. I mean, our, our big thing here that goes nuts is the price is right tours out here. Oh yeah. I mean, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Um, People go bonkers for that. Uh, I mean, apparently, I mean, the key is just being really peppy and upbeat and ideally either a trooper, or like a cute college student. And you'll, you'll get on the show is my, my understanding. <laughs> okay. Well, I need to become a cute college student. Though. No, you know what you can do. It's it's the thing you've been talking about for 10 years. You just steal valor and go on. Uh, <laughs> that's a military. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is like, true. Like Drew Carey, like asks you what battalion you're in. I think when it comes to Columbus, though, Drew Carey's not the host. It's like a, they hire a different host. Oh, wow. He won't come back to Ohio. Well, no, it's just like 
it's a touring version of it. It's it's the oh, okay. equivalent of a house show. Okay, they. Uh, I have no idea they do uh, prizes, rights uh, house shows. They I just do. assumed. I just assumed that like it would be a fun thing for him to go uh, on, like the because you know Wheel of Fortune tapes all across America. Yeah, yeah. Well, Drew, we did it, and Drew, I want to thank it. you for closing out Drew Week. You can find Drew. As Drew D R E W S P U R S on Twitter, and is there anything else, Drew? Um, just follow me on Twitter. Um, I, I, there's a couple of things that I don't have dates for yet. Uh, so just follow me. I'm around. I'm not a hard guy to find. Uh, mostly, I'm just had a blast. It, it's really fun uh, getting to uh, record and work on with stuff with you. So uh, we get love out you, to Drew. LA soon. Yeah, get out to LA yep. soon, or I'll get to Columbus soon. Yeah, we love you, Drew. And uh, me and Brett will be back together this Sunday for the call-in show. Uh, you know, tell your friends to go to the Patreon. Tell them that I talked about sex for a bunch of days and I'm a freak about it. It's very so, good. It, yeah. <laughs> you know, Brian unleash it's it's worth checking out. Yeah. Tell them, tell them that, you know, this weirdo guy, that's a podcaster that, that, that has really odd, uh, uh, hangups about sex. And then I, I think they will subscribe. So yeah. tell your friends and, uh, yeah. that's the show. Jason, yeah. take us out of here. Yeah. City gone up, so you better bust. Been in serious, really wanna us. Really spilling blood. Everybody tough, today gotta go and see the judge. Nigga better hush. Remember growing up, all I wanted was to be a thug. Wanted me a plug to get a little bread. Shoot a couple niggas in the head, still outside. I don't hide from this shit for life. Had to fight for my life. Took them hits and strike. If I die for the guys, have my candlelight going up. Like the club, after that go slide Are you with that? I won't get back I'm gon' hop out and crack Are you with that? I want big racks I'm gon' flock, I'm gon' stack Are you with that? Won't forget that shit I saw in my past Are you with that? Like I'm with that Hope you watching your back Yeah, whenever I miss those days, visit my crib that lay under the ground, running around. We was them kids that played all in the street, following leads and niggas who lost their ways. Some of them outside still, some of them inside graves. I'm a real beach boy, come ride my way. Left me with the either or, feel these voids and fill my bank. Blue strips only, you switched on me. Mama told me about you snakes, keep my shit off safety. You know you can't never be too safe. Are you with that? I won't get back. I'm gon' hop out and crack. Are you with that? I want big racks. I'm gon' flock. I'm gon' stack. Are you with that? Won't forget that shit I saw in my past. Are you with that? Like I'm with that. Hope you watching your back. I'll be gone. Watch my back, stay gone. I don't know how they come. Get your life, get back. Up first, then I miss that. Tell me if you with that.